Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which Police Radio sent you. Make sure to check out the new Dark Roots single, Murder in Brazil, by Winnipeg's own Black-Eyed Susie. The song is based on a true family story from the turn of the century and is available at blackeyedsusie.com. Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, I'm in my home of the internet, where I live now, uh, where everyone lives now because of the pandemic. And uh, I have three people, three people on the show, which is always nice. It's it's often hard to you know talk to a full band of people on this podcast the way I do it now because you know people are scattered. Uh, a lot of people don't even have time to rehearse together in this weird time. But um, the guests on this show have a new record coming out and a lot of exciting things leading up to that record. And I guess uh, before we even get started, like this album is something that's not coming out right away from what i understand it's uh, it's gonna be a long time before people hear the full thing but there's some really cool stuff kind of in the lead up to it so i think that the best way to start this off is if uh, the three of you can introduce yourselves what instruments you play and then we can take it from there so we'll start with rain because uh, you know the album is under your name sure <laughs> so uh... hi uh thanks so much for having us sam this is the best well thanks for doing uh, it, my name is rain hamilton as you know the rumors are true and I am a singer-songwriter and chamber folk artist based in Winnipeg, Manitoba here. And I play uh, the most often with these fine collaborator pals of mine, also on the call. Cool. Uh, my name is Natanielle Felicitas, and I'm a cellist. Yeah, just I've been collaborating with Rain for, um, I guess, five years or so, maybe longer. Cool. And it's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm Quentin Bart, uh, playing double bass and uh, Hurdy Gurdy with the uh rain hamilton band and uh it's been uh many years maybe like oh over 10 years i've known rain uh i think like our collab the, started uh, 2013 i just was doing some math earlier okay you, okay you got it yeah that's a long time i mean that's a long time to be working together for sure um so i think that you know we need to maybe explain what is happening with this album because you know i talk to a lot of people on the show who are they say yeah we're about to release a record and it comes out like the next week or a month later or something but this this is a a long drawn out process from what i understand so what what is the backstory here sure i can speak to that uh the plan for the release has really been informed and changed by the pandemic uh as so many things of course have so uh, up until very recently the most typical thing to do in the music industry would be to release an album and singles and other content leading up to the full release uh, in conjunction with touring so that you have something to organize your touring around and promote and it makes the most sense logistically when touring is possible. Um, But now touring is not possible and that changes a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I think of this saying that my mom says, we're like, you know, a knife, if you pick it up by the blade, it will hurt you. But if you pick it up by the handle, it's a tool. And I I think that's the situation, right? Um, where like the typical thing 
is not possible, but other things are possible. So having created this album, having been on a timeline for releasing it, um, the plan has changed a lot. And so instead of organizing our releases around touring, uh, we are going to spread them out more evenly and really focus on uh, a digital-based campaign uh, for releasing that allows, I hope, just like better connection online and uh, really working on ways to connect with people through that digital medium. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're being totally. creative about it because I think a lot of people, and even people I've had on this show, have been kind of just sort of stuck and not knowing what to do in this situation where they have, some of them have a record that's ready to go, they have boxes of it sitting in their basement and, and they just can't think of a way to properly, you know, get it out there because no one can come see them and no one's really leaving their house. I mean, I've been in my basement for months, right? <laughs> it's, it's such a weird, such a weird situation we're in. But, um, so coming up very soon, you're going to be doing a live performance online that will kind of showcase some of this material, right? Yeah, this is the plan. So the hope is that the restrictions will be such that it will be considered safe to do that. Uh, and that like following the regulations that are in place that we'll be able to rehearse. Quinton, do you want to talk about uh, your rehearsing ideas? Because we've had oh, to get creative. For I safety. imagine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, at the moment, um, my uh, living situation has a bit of uh, extra room, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, former housemates you know have, have gone on on their way and so on and um just uh, me and my partner here living in our on our uh place but it means that there's like a lot of empty space so we have one rather large room which could be uh distance wise you know uh, uh could be ideal for having oh. our little trio rehearsal and then uh you know just hatching plans on what we can do for um you know making some ventilation improvements and uh, <laughs> some, some screens and shields and all that kind yeah, of yeah. fun stuff, which, uh, uh, you know, if it, if it makes sense uh, safety-wise, it could be uh, a lot of fun, you know, to actually in person uh, make some strings vibrate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When was the last time that you were all together playing in the same room? It must have been... Like in indoors, um, yeah, <laughs> indoors. Because <laughs> uh, we did have some outdoor rehearsals in July, right? Um, I guess maybe in the summer we yeah. were finishing up some recording things. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, you know the situation was uh, quite chill. Yeah. Yeah. Winnipeg, um, I think yeah, ages ago. Well, can I pipe up about the sure. rehearsal space? Like we're trying to figure out how to do it now with like maximum space between us and the writing process for this, which was also at Quinton's was in the complete opposite of that. He, he built a room within a room okay, called the octagon. It's an octagon. <laughs> and we were, there was less than a, less than two feet between us, I think. So we were oh, all yeah. facing each other, really cozy, creative space. And to think that now we're like, how do we stay away from each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great music. Does the familiarity we have with each other just from having worked together for so long, does that help for someone like this when you know that, you know, you might have to just take advantage of, of a few weeks of, of being able to practice together and then things might change again, right? Where you're mm -hmm. uh, have to be distanced again. Does that, uh, did you feel like, I'm sure you, you must feel comfortable enough with each other at this point that, that, you know, you can just kind of get together when you're able to, and it'll still sound good. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of, a tr lot of trust and like, yeah, like I never feel like, have to worry about anyone coming prepared with their parts it's like 
we all come prepared. So, and you two know them so deeply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's a good thing to have, right? For sure. There yeah. every step, yeah. <laughs> One of the things for this um, for this project, we in the summer, uh, uh, just a few blocks from where I am. Um, a friend, uh, Zore, was putting on this concert series called The Red House. I was at your Sam, show. I saw you there. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. right was going to ask you about that, but no, yeah. please go on, because uh, I was going to ask you about just, that anyway. So yeah. <laughs> well, like, it just brought to mind, like, um, the, la the last time kind of preparing uh, uh, these pieces, these new uh, <laughs> tunes that are on the record. We, we did a couple of tunes uh, live, the, the debut of, of yeah. the live pieces. And... Uh, uh, yeah, just fun thinking about because uh, the rhythm of this this whole project, this whole album, has been kind of unusual, and uh, also like the gestation of the intricate parts. Especially, I'm thinking of the cello and bass part, or mm -hmm. yeah, cello and bass parts for me and Nat, which kind of puzzle piece together. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the things would just kind of come together in the recording studio. Uh, and, you know, getting the final shapes decided pretty much day of kind okay. of taking the takes and so on. Uh, and then it was quite fun in preparation for that summer concert to like, oh, yeah, what what did we what do? Did we <laughs> like, that sounds pretty tricky. <laughs> and uh, having to kind of relearn uh, what we had created uh, months before. And uh, it sort of like has that rhythm for me, at least, like, you know, go keep re revisiting these these arrangements and these uh, these kind of fun three-person roller coasters that we created. <laughs>
could be a channel of that peace Make me warm, make me willing And come now and dwell on my heart Taste the sorrow from the darkest part I was going to ask him about that show, the the Red House show, because I mean, yeah, first of all, I was there, and it was nice to hear some of that new material. Um, and it was, uh, you know, at the time, no one really knew what was going to happen with the pandemic, and obviously things got worse before they're going to get better. But um, how long have these songs been around? I mean, if you know, if you're, if you're playing them back then, and that was fairly early on in this weird situation we're all in, so obviously they'd been written well before that. Like, how long have you been sitting on this this collection, this body of work? and still not having the opportunity to release it. Sure, I can speak to that. Um, first, maybe it makes sense to just speak a bit to our process and to how that all works, hey? I would say it has been, it's been a long time in the works, and some of those songs has been a couple years in the okay. works um, until they reached this uh, product at the end here. Uh, and our, typically our process has been that, like, I will come up with this song, and then we will um, just, like, sit with it all together and then do y'all want to just describe the magic that happens then after that? <laughs> I bring it, we si- I sing it. Sometimes I, yeah, it's funny yeah. to have the words to describe this process. But, um, uh, I don't know. Quentin, do you have words? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got words. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the arranging thing. Like, there's a, um, after doing this together for, for so long, uh, we we kind of have our own um, method, I think. So often rain comes with the you know the lyric and the melody and the the mood and the the reason why this uh, song is okay. Uh, and then uh, usually like a basic chord structure as well. Um, and then we just experiment and like uh, yeah, try and keep an open mind and and sort of reach for ideas that you can kind of almost hear but maybe you can't quite and then just try like many different variations and then sometimes you you put it down and uh revisit it in the next rehearsal and so on and it can take you know quite a long time to uh to sort of like unearth the character of each okay. uh, of each piece and that kind of thing but uh and kind of coming to this constant like discussion and oh also like we record ourselves in this early process the experimentation which is really important to kind of give some type of objectivity yeah you know because when you're trying to play something that's just say maybe technically challenging it takes a lot of brain power uh in the moment and you might not necessarily be able to judge if that's uh, serving the song um but it's kind of just like this back and forth of 
experimenting, trying ideas, uh, and then like reevaluating, and okay. it just sort of continues all the way into the recording studio. Is there a point where you know the song is done? I mean, this maybe is a question for all three of you. You know, with all those all that experimentation and kind of reworking it and, and recording yourselves and listening back, at what point do you decide that the song is finished or is ready to go in its current um, iteration? I guess. Tough question. Is, is there like <laughs> is there like a light bulb moment that comes up when when you sort of realize, oh, this is this is how it's supposed to be, or are they always shifting and, and evolving? I feel like one thing that we've um, sort of honored in this trio configuration is like we want to be able to play it live right. as well so I think that the way the album's produced and, and the arrangements that we decide on kind of inform that so we're not getting we're not giving ourselves like you know too many things to handle like once we get to the live show sure. um, but um, I don't know maybe it's worth mentioning Lloyd Peterson in this process too of like yeah. Because some songs really changed that, like once you have that outside, that objective view, um, like Quentin said, when we're recording ourselves, that's one of them. But then having like those expert ears and experience and Lloyd of Lloyd Peterson is expert ears and producer engineer. Yeah, producer engineer. Yeah, so that I think that kind of helps. It's like, yeah, are we done? Like we could the three of us <laughs> could like meticulously pick mixes apart, and Lloyd would be like, this is you know this is ready, this is cooked. <laughs> Which yeah. on that note, like we. Uh... We really did have a lot of fun <laughs> putting Lloyd to the test, um, especially like, you know, just discussing like this tiniest, tiniest little microcosm of like a short note. So, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking you're detail oriented. Oh people. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But we would all come to yeah. a to a consensus eventually and and get that you know premium moment yeah. after moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing working with someone uh, like Lloyd. When you have songs that you've had, you know, you played together for, for years and years, do those also develop over time when you're playing them live? Do, do you do you add things or change them? Or once you have sort of a definitive version of the song, do you do you keep it kind of in its in the state, the state you have it finished in, if that makes sense? I've noticed refinements happen. I think that overall, uh, we end up sticking pretty close to what we end up with. And I think that the reason that ends up being the case is because we're really tuned in, I think, to, you could call it like the spirit of the song or like the integrity of the song and that we're making artistic choices in service to that. And the experience for me of of writing is often like a feeling like the steward of this song that, you know, that shows up to me in some way. And I feel like responsible to it. And I know uh, that Nat and Quinton, you guys just are on the same page about that and we're working to do really right by these songs. Um, so because I think that's our priority of just really noticing with integrity and intuitively like trying and sensing and like really feeling uh, what works the best, that leads us a really good way that okay. I think feels really solid. So things haven't have rarely radically changed, but I have noticed you two do refinements and I have noticed Quentin like show up having figured out a way to play a run in harmonics or something. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that surprised me um, with this process for this album, this is the second album with this trio that's uh, that we've made. And it kind of, it actually shocked me how fast it came together. Like from the writing, well, the songs like, like rain had the songs written um but the arrangements 
it's like I almost didn't even believe that I'd be able to do it that fast. And then it just happened. It was, and I think that years working together, that trust that we have. What is it about the three of you that, that with with your you know respective instruments that click so well? well? Why do you work so well together? And 
because, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people who play all the instruments you play, maybe not a hurdy-gurdy as much, but, you know, <laughs> the other instruments, there, there's other musicians out there, right? And so the three of you obviously work well together, or you wouldn't have been doing it for this long. So is there something kind of particular about the three of you that, that meshes well sonically, that, that just makes this continue to work uh, year after year? I think it's the classic, like, SATB choral situation, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. <laughs> and between the lot of what we do, we've got that covered. So we've got Quinton and the double bass on the bass, Matt and the cello in the tenor range. And then between my instruments of guitar, like violin slash viola and voice, we've got the alto soprano kind of range covered. Mm -hmm. So it gives us just a beautiful textural coverage of all that range and so much that's possible within it. Yeah, and each of us also are um, like multi-genre musicians too. I think yeah. that really helps like just, you know, some strengths and weaknesses kind of get balanced out in this group because we've got different experiences and, and um, backgrounds that we're pulling from. So. One thing I wanted to uh, mention, I just, I don't want to dwell on the Red House show, but it was the last time I saw you guys live. <laughs> and I, I, this is not a question, but I wanted to tell you this, that um, I, I was taking my kids to those shows all the time because it was, uh, first of all, the pandemic's happening. You need to get out of the house. There's nothing going on. It's a weird time. And it was an opportunity to get them, you know, hopefully cultured a little bit, <laughs> listen to some music and some good music. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time they were kind of vaguely interested, but would be sitting there, you know, uh, drawing pictures or playing on a phone or something rather than paying full attention. But my oldest daughter, when she saw your set, uh, she's in middle school age. She absolutely loved it. Like she ended up borrowing the CDs afterwards, which was really cool. So uh, whatever it is that you, I mean, like I, I obviously liked it too, but whatever you did there definitely clicked with her more than with a lot of the other performers. And we went almost every time at the Red House. So that was very cool. I, I was neat to see that um, mm -hmm. she was kind of really fascinated by what you were doing on stage. Whereas even some of the jazz performers and stuff, she was just kind of sitting there, you know, off in dreamland, but this one, it, it really worked. So I, I don't know if that's your, maybe you you have a potential to play for the, the, the tween audience, but <laughs> that's right. it, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. We welcome the tweens. Yeah. <laughs> well, and maybe that kind of goes to another question. Not not the tweens, but, you know, who who is your audience? And I think I think I may have asked you this before, Rain, when I had you on the show a few years ago. But, you know, do you have kind of a, a grasp on, on who your fan base is? And, and not necessarily like, you know, a specific age group or anything, but because what you do has... I think a lot of appeal to, to, to pre a pretty wide range of listeners. And then you bring in aspects like the, the sign language. And there's, uh, I mean... Do you have a, gri a grip on, on who's coming to your shows and, and who is, is listening to your music and maybe who you're making it for? Oh, okay. Well, my sister explained this to me in a way that I really liked. She said to me, like, Rain, you're an indie movie. <laughs> and I like that a lot. She says, like, you know, like, you're not aiming to be, like, the blockbuster hit that's for everybody that has the wide appeal. You are an indie movie. And that really resonates with me. Uh, my goal is to create art uh, that is like transformative. And by that, what I mean is like my, my own transformation is expressed. So like the process of looking inside and then transforming and expressing internal world to external world or the process of transforming like pain to curiosity to joy or whatever the process is that is going on for me. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, and I'm interested in yeah, like singing and writing in ways that celebrate like how cool life is and what just a rich and beautiful experience this is. So I would say, I would say probably we have like an indie movie type audience. <laughs> uh, and the people who I have had just the honor to speak with and connect with, um, who seem to really particularly dig what we do, 
are people who are really into feeling mm-hmm. what the thing is about. So, like, uh, this is such a profound honor of my life to be seen in this way and to have this art received in this way. Um, when people will say to me, like, I listen to this uh, to dri- when I was driving to the hospital every day to visit my mother mm-hmm. as she's dying, and, or, like, I sent this to my friend who is experiencing this hard time, um, or just to know that people have felt seen and held by this in those kinds of times, in vulnerable times, um, is profoundly meaningful to me. Does that, is there pressure on you because of that? Because of the fact that you know people are are, <laughs> are, are listening to it in, in such a serious, such a, um, I guess, like, you know, in-depth way. Is there pressure on you as a songwriter to, to continue generating that type of material with that level of emotion and depth to it? Well, I think, like, you know... Did y'all listen ever to as kids to like Mr. Bach comes to call? Yes, I did. I had oh, the yeah. tape. Yeah. Audiobook. Remember that? Yeah. And remember yeah. when like the there's a little line in that like audio play where Mr. Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach, you know, fictionalized for this children's <laughs> audiobook. Um, he says, like, all of my music I write for God. That's kind of how I feel. Like I feel like like I, I it is such an honor to me that this resonates in this way. And that is not like the intention of it. I can't explain the t- intention of it. It just shows up, you know? It feels not always so much like something I'm doing as something that um, just shows up for me. And, I, yeah, and I'm going to do right by it. Cool. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I feel pressure, per se, as I just want to, to honor what shows up. It's a good way, of, good way of describing it, I think.
People have probably, by, by the time this comes out, they would have seen uh, a video you just, re- just released that was uh, premiered on a UK website. Is that right? Mm-hmm, that's right. So how did, how did that come about? How did that come about? Well, we ha- are working with just a fabulous team of publicists as part of our release plan. Uh, and that was through a connection they had. And I'm just so thrilled. Uh, it, I feel it's like a particular thrill because I did have some UK stuff on the books this spring. That, of course, has, like, dissipated. Yeah. Uh, who knows when that will happen? But it does feel nice to have that connection, uh, like, rerouted kind of into this outlet. What kind of responses have you had? I know it's, it's fairly recent that just got released, but what's the response been? It's been a really good response. Have you all had a chance to see some of the response? Oh, like comments and such? Or I haven't. So no, nice. I haven't checked the comments. But... People, people are into it. I am very happy. So how does this fit into the kind of over overarching goal of this record where you're going to be releasing songs sort of throughout the year? This is the first one, I take it, right? That, that's been sort that's of made right. public. So is this going to be like a monthly thing? What's 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 the, the timeline? It's going to be roughly monthly. There's 11 songs and uh, we'll release like roughly one a month, uh, I think taking August off until January, uh, this time roughly next year where we'll release the last one and the whole album will be released cool uh, and we're going to release also like more videos like this one that has been released and we have some plans to make some other videos which i hope can go through have you done videos before this we have okay i just haven't seen Pretty them i guess <laughs> no it's, it's, it's a cool idea though i mean especially because you're releasing it in such a non-traditional way too right you, you're doing it online you're doing it kind of uh slowly paced uh, and people Clearly, video is, is the way people are going in terms of what kind of content they want to see online. So, it may, I mean, it makes sense for sure. It's, um, so, I guess, like, when you're doing something that's this drawn out, uh, obviously, you've written these songs ahead of time. You've been working on them for a while. You have everything sort of, you know what you're going to be releasing. Is there any sort of plan as to, you know, how you roll it out in terms of uh, representing the album as a whole? Or are you just doing track by track? on the the order that they're listed on the album or what's the sort of process it, for choosing which it songs? It does not go track by track. We, uh, you know what, honestly, it was just like a, most, that was a pretty business informed decision to be honest, to make sure that we paced things out uh, depending on what content we had to release with it at the same time. And I work with a fantastic management team. They're called Traverse Music Management. And uh, my main manager there is Teresa Nelson, who is a, a longtime friend and also by now kind of a longtime manager of cool. mine. And she's fantastic. So we we parsed that out together, and we hatched that business plan. So when is the next one coming? Do you have a Do you have a date for the for the next one? Now that the first one I is think, into the world, 
I think it's February 16th it comes, the next okay. one. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. I, I guess it's kind of nice because you have something to you have something to, to look forward to every month or every <laughs> every few weeks or whatever, rather than just sort of the one date to look forward to, right? So it's a real like continual spring in my step. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet, yeah. <laughs> so what is happening um, on February fifth? Do I have that date right? Okay. Yeah, you do. Okay. That uh, was the original date that we had planned to release the whole record back when plan a was still a thing okay <laughs> now we're into just like the windings of plans it's not even letters anymore <laughs> who knows what's happening um but we are aiming uh to do a show with the west End cultural center co-presented by home roots cool. and like the plans are in the works i don't mean to make that sound uh, tentative like this is a plan <laughs> and to do a live stream show and the WEC has been doing a really cool job of presenting some live stream shows so i'm really really happy to be able to benefit from their wisdom on that especially jorge uh who does the booking there who's also right. a filmmaker he knows what he's doing yeah 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 so depending on what is allowed and what is uh deemed to be safe and and okay either it will be the three of us performing spaced out in some kind of way in that space maybe it'll just be me performing i hope that we can all be there yeah oh team i just hope that i want that the most <laughs> Uh, and the plan is to play through the record. So people will get a chance to hear it in that context before each individual song comes out, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that was the idea of it. I thought, like, I felt like a sense of, like, something was missing when we were hatching this plan about releasing it slowly over a year. And I thought, oh, you know, I want to show people right away. I want to have some this to offer as a listening experience, especially because it is conceived as an album, right? It is right. a con album about mountains and it makes so much sense together and that's how we wrote it uh so i wanted to have that to offer so that's why we're going to do this sneak peek you just mentioned a concept album about mountains and, and the, the real reason i'm laughing is because we're in manitoba which is like the I least the least mountainy place <laughs> ever so i mean cl clearly you've, you've obviously been to places with mountains which is presumably giving you influence for for, for the, the the songwriting but um is it weird being uh, like a manitoba artist writing about something that we just don't have here yeah, like it is very funny. Uh, and I've been writing a lot of bio content and stuff lately. And I do realize that it's hilarious, especially because the last two records that we've put out have been very, very prairie centered mm -hmm. uh, with a ton of imagery of that place. And what happened is the more I toured, which I've been doing like pretty hardcore now for several years, uh, the more places I got to connect to and, and see. And I just felt like there was so much from those the mountainous places that, that was there to learn. And I just really, really wanted to soak in and sit in that. Um, so I feel like I have had so much time steeped in the prairies and a lot of time to sit with that. And, you know, there's infinity learning to do from everywhere. So I sure. do not consider myself done. Uh, but these other places, I started to really feel animated by them uh, and also intrigued. Like I remember being in the town of Banff and asking directions and someone says, oh, it's up the mountain and you turn left. And I was like, uh. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, but when I leave the building, like, which way do I turn? And they said, you turn up. We don't have up here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, just like, I was like, I literally, I do not know what to do with that information. It was very confusing. But that was intrigue. I was just like, oh, they have up here. What is up about? <laughs> For sure. And that's a lot what the record is about. Up, what does up have to teach us? What's going on there? For for the rest of you, I mean, does writing about up, writing about mountains, and performing songs that are you know a very different type of subject matter than the last couple of records, is there is there a difference in the way you're playing to kind of represent that sort of 
geography versus the wide open prairies? Well, I, I was born and raised in Alberta, so I oh, felt like it then. was yeah, this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I feel at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like the themes sort of subliminally, for me anyway, inform the arrangements. Okay. I don't know if it's so if it's if it's the conscious thing. Yeah, I might say like um, a lot of the tracks have kind of a maybe like a mystical quality mm. to it, or yeah, some, some kind type of cinematic, of cinematic, or yeah. like epicness at points. Right. Which, uh, in some sense, I kind of just feel uh, you know ups and downs in my experience of music, of all music, you know, especially stuff that that grabs me and moves me. Uh, it is sort of mountainous, or it can be. Uh, but uh, these, some of these uh, tracks, um, especially, I think, are maybe more evocative, or trying to like create some really uh, some moving drama. gestures. Yeah, you know, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So, because we're doing this on Zoom, they kick us out after a certain amount of time, and we're getting close to the time limit, unfortunately. But before we before we end it, uh, how can people find out what's going on with this album and with these releases and the videos? And all the things leading up to the eventual completion of the release. Oh, amazing. Best place to find information is the website, rainhamilton.com. And that's Rain, R-A-I-N-E, and Hamilton, like the city. Okay. Uh, it's all on there. We're also like on like pretty well every surface of the internet, I think. Yeah. And uh, the songs, as they trickle out, will be released like pretty well everywhere imaginable. Cool. This is what I, I believe to be true. <laughs> well, people find out, I guess, right? The good thing about this, too, being a podcast, is someone could listen to it next week or they could listen to it, you know, a year from now. And by which point, hopefully, you're playing shows again and touring and people can just pick up the record, uh, you know, immediately after listening to this. So it's one of the, I guess, the conveniences. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for now, people should check out the, uh, the live stream that's happening February 5th and the video that just came out. And uh, I'm assuming your old records are still floating around there in the world somewhere. Uh, oh yeah, they float. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, I'm gonna uh, before we get booted out, and all of a sudden this just ends on an abrupt, uh, you know, <laughs> mid sentence thing. Uh, thank you for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. I- I'm really looking forward to the record. Like the songs I heard back in the summer at the Red House were great. The new ones, um, like I said, my-, my my kids like it too. So that's an added bonus. Maybe bring them out to a show at a real wow. venue. Uh, you know, not not a real venue sounds bad because I love the Red House shows, but you know, an indoor venue maybe. If if, if maybe that- there's walls. Yeah, you never know. A roof could even happen. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to be watching and as these songs come out and listening, and uh, hopefully a lot of other people will too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks again. Thank thanks, you, Sam. Between me and my pride, prends ton courage en main. Laisse-toi emporter, écoute au refrain du vent d'été. Le grain 
te blés en télé Inspire la repousse de mon âme brisée I hear the summer wind call out my name Where the endless skies echo the play Echo the play Et quand je m'oublie Je me laisse emporter Le vent me pousse dans le dos Et mon cœur sans abri Soudainement débridé S'éveille le son de Dans le dos Et mon cœur sans abri Soudainement débridé S'éveille S'éveille le sang 